When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome in, everybody. My name is Scott Kennedy. This is Coast to Coast Football. I am based in Atlanta, and this guy over here is Nick Kendall. He is based in Seattle. So we are Coast to Coast in your football coverage. Nick, how are you doing this morning on the eve? I guess it's not even the eve anymore. The day of, the morning of, the the NFL Combine's getting cranked up. Good. I'm uh, excited for the combine to get all the data. I'm ready for the off season to get rolling here. Uh, obviously, the coaching moves have all happened. Now I'm waiting for the combine stuff, then free agency to open up, and then the draft. So uh, got to get through these next two months, and it's going to be a whirlwind, but it's always an interesting and fun time of year to see how these teams stack up. Yeah, I, I like how the narrative changes. You know, a little bit it was like, oh, this isn't a good draft. This isn't a good draft. And basically, after I got done with all my senior bowl stuff, I was like, baloney, it's not a good draft. It just might not be a top-heavy draft. There mm-hmm. is a lot of value to be had between 30 and 150. I'm not sure it's quite as good this year. I don't going through all my senior bowl stuff, I don't feel quite as good about some of the guys that I did last year. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, but there's there's definitely some prospects in there that can move up. And that's one of the things we're gonna talk about today is who stands to benefit the most from this combine. Um, and I'll give you a hint because I put Lucas Van Ness on the cover of the image, uh, the Iowa edge, um, little, little teaser there. Um, but you're talking about athletic guys, obviously guys that'll come in. The, the combine is straight testing. There's, there's no football drills being done for the most part. So it's bigger, faster, stronger. Who's going to jump the highest, run the fastest, all that type of stuff. And these guys have been working on this basically for eight weeks to do nothing but run. Um, so they're they're coming in and basically peak physical performance. Um, and, and we'll see how they do. Let's say good morning to some folks in the chat here real quick. Big Al was in early. He says, uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Big Al. Michael Ranquillo coming in on YouTube. Uh, we are on Facebook as well, Michael. If you are, are more comfortable over there, let me know. Uh, but we love having you here however you enter the chat. Roderick Cook comes in with a question. He says, afternoon, Scott and Nick, looking forward to this. And he says, do the Falcons get a pick for Ridley? If so, where? The first question has been answered. The Falcons do get a pick for Ridley. If so, where has not been answered yet? It is conditional. So they get a pick for trading him. It can be upgraded on if he makes the roster, which he should. And it can be upgraded again, I think, as high as a second if he signs another contract. So he's in the last year of his contract, his rookie contract, I think. <laughs> I think this is his fifth year option of his rookie contract, despite the fact he'll be 29 years old this year. Um he uh this this will be his or 28. He's he's older. Um this will be the fifth year of his rookie deal. If he signs another contract with them, it's like it's a it's a fourth, can be a third if he makes the team. And then a second if he signs another contract, but that will be for next year. I'm pretty sure that's because you don't know that until 2024. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure you get. Go ahead. I think you get a fifth rounder this year. Okay. I think there's a fifth rounder this year included. Yep. So it's, it was two picks. And I believe one of them. The important one's a conditional that's attached. And I think it can go as high as a second rounder. 
You're correct. Yep, so, I looked it up right before the show because I saw Roderick's comment. Okay, um, well, well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Brad D. Yeah. coming in says, good morning all. Good morning to you, Brad, as well. And Dominic Caramillo coming in saying, good morning, Scott, Nick, Dog Nation, Broncos country. I hope you boys have a great week. Best you on the biz. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Joe Cannon coming in with the great morning, Scott and Nick, as well to you. Uh, Dave Glassman as well with the hearts and stars and the, the Let's Ride Kansas license plate. Chris Walker coming in. Made it early today. We, we've missed you a little bit lately, Chris. Coming in a little late, so um, appreciate you being here. And Kevin has confirmed what Nick said because he looked it up was a fifth this year. So, okay, that fifth, then, uh, you know, okay, it's a fifth. But you know who else was a fifth last year, Nick? Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier. Yep. Running that back. That turned out to be a pretty good fifth round yeah. pick. That turned out to be a pretty good fifth round pick. So he he turned out to be uh Tyler Algier set the rookie rushing record for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh running back out of BYU, fifth round pick, had a pretty good season. I wouldn't expect it to hit that well again, but that's that's not a bad pick. But that and then a conditional one for 2024 will be nice. So good morning and thank you. Um yeah, the Broncos had three fifth round picks last year, and none of them hit as of now smart montrell washington uh, luke wattenberg and delarin turner yell so uh fifth round picks don't typically hit as much as tyler algier but you still like to have the uh the lottery ticket where was uh awazarike taken was he a fourth rounder yes he was an early fourth rounder like one of the first picks of day three him and damari mathis were back to back well, those were in the fourth those were pretty good picks then yeah. Um, Damari Mathis, especially, and then you know, a player like Awazarike takes some time to develop mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, Nick, I want to what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about some of the guys, a little draft preview here. Some of the guys we're really looking forward to to seeing test and run, um, how they can help themselves who might hurt themselves. I, you know, if it goes anything like last year, those guys were running on the Bonneville Salt Flats. Uh, and then we'll go through a quick mock draft, and we're going to try and do uh, all 31, all first-round picks this, this week. We won't spend as much time in the top 10 because we've hammered that the last couple of weeks. Um, but, Nick, you know, who were who were you really looking forward to to seeing get out there this week? Yeah, Lucas Van Ness is one for sure. Obviously, we talked about that, you know, six foot five, two seventy five, and there's some talk he could run about a four five forty and jump extremely well. Also, in the same vein, uh, lumping together those top edge rushers, Tyree Wilson, is he as long and as explosive as people talk about? And uh, Miles Murphy. I mean, we're t- those are the guys right now that if I was the Falcons would be on my short list for that pick. So those guys uh, further down, then I'm excited to see some of these uh, wide receivers, specifically a guy that I really like this classes in tennessee both in this year but i think he broke up really on me on that one uh, the, the, the player from tennessee which is the player you're looking forward to seeing Cedric told me you're freezing up on me just a little bit um <laughs> i tell you what when i start when i start thinking size and speed when we're talking about those guys and we know lucas van ness has started to get some of his some of his talk uh he's been mocked as highest number eight to the falcons Another player who's got that type of size, uh, 6'5", 270, defensive end, Ed Rushers, Keon White out of Georgia Tech. He is raw. He doesn't quite know what he's doing out there, and I don't necessarily mean that as an insult. I, I watched him try and beat everybody with speed at the Senior Bowl. Well, you're 6'5", 270. Let's, let's learn some leverage and do all those things that coaches are going to put into you because you can't coach 6'5", 270. He's got natural gifts that a lot of guys just don't have. So I'm very interested in seeing how he tests because this should be an event that is tailor-made for a player like Keon White, who right now is sitting kind of in the second round, but with uh, an unbelievable 
type of next six weeks, starting here at the combine and then a pro day, could find himself in the first round. Yeah, he's an absolute athletic freak. So uh, the number I was saying there was Cedric Tillman, wide receiver from Tennessee. And then I think the talk of the town in Indianapolis this week is probably going to be quarterback Anthony Richardson. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's going to throw and test. Uh, I know that there's some odds that he could go number one overall after this week. I mean, the Cam Newton comps, I think, are going to fly after we see him run and throw this week. So excited to see what he can do as well. I think he's the the most interesting player uh, in, in the probably in the entire combine right now. One of the talks of the town right now, we hit some other news, is, uh, is Derek Carr. He is there mm-hmm. meeting with several uh, several teams right now. He's met with the Saints twice. So, you know, the NFC South, pay attention. He's met with the Saints twice, meeting with the Panthers and meeting with the Jets. Um, the Saints make a lot of sense for him. So he, he is one of uh, the talks of the town right now, too. Um, Jalen Carter. When we're talking about size and speed, you know, it was think of what Jordan Davis did last year at the NFL Combine. Of uh, it's just that that his ability to move at that size was almost unheard of. Um, and Jalen Carter isn't quite as big, a little taller. Right? Well, he, I don't know. Jordan Davis was so huge that he was so wide. You didn't think of him as being as tall, but he was six five. Mm-hmm. Jalen Carter's a little leaner. He could come in and really have people wondering, does Chicago, do they want to come out of this spot? Or do they want to make sure that they get Jalen Carter number one overall? We're not going to get Jalen testing this week. Okay. Uh, he's going to test in Georgia. We'll get measurements. Uh, but he that kind of just shows where he is at in the pecking order of things. Uh, a little bit closer home environment. And they really, I don't know if any of you guys were ever in Greek life or anything, but uh they run these guys uh, ragged. You know, it's the 3 a.m. wake up call for medicals and then you go out there and test and then it's meeting with every single team. So they're, you're not at your best mental space uh, for all the testing and whatnot. And now they move the testing from the morning to the evening. Now I hear what you're saying. Also, Scott, they upgrade, upgraded the the turf in India and now it's a speed turf. You know, it's like one of those rocket boosters and Mario Kart or something, but <laughs> uh, he's not testing. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to wait until Georgia to see that. And he might. Honest to God, he might never test. I mean, he still would go very high because the tape is that good. Yeah, I'd like to see him at least at his pro day. You know, yeah. it, it, when you're when you're it bothered me a little bit when Drake London didn't test. You know, he didn't run at his pro day. He didn't do this. He said he ran for the Falcons at their individual workout. But, you know, when you're about to make that kind of commitment for guys. I want to see him go out there and run, you know, mm-hmm. compete, you know, put up a number that is going to stand the test of time. You know, those type of things. Like you said, I mean. He comes in at five flat. You're still taking the guy for God's sakes. What if he goes out there and runs a four six at 310 pounds? You know, I mean, could be a lot of fun. There's uh, the chat's opening up, so appreciate y'all hitting the like button and sharing those. So I want to say hello to some more folks coming in. Um, Michael Coretti coming in. He says, "Morning, boys. Happy to see Marcus Mariota gone. Worried they gave our future away for that running back from Ravens." Um, talking about Lamar Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Worried that they do give that for, uh, for Lamar Jackson. I'm like, we'll see. I, I go back far enough that they actually gave away a future first round pick in 1999 for a running back that went to the Ravens in uh, Jamal Lewis. That worked out pretty good. And they used that pick to draft Reggie Kelly, tight end out of Mississippi State in the second round, and then tanked and gave the fifth overall pick to the Ravens. And they took a running back. So that actually triggered something else <laughs> for me, Michael. Because that happened. That happened uh, not that long, you know, 25 years ago. Um, but no, I, 
I, I'm I'm with you on this one. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disparage Lamar Jackson as a player by any stretch. I, I think he's a phenomenal player, but the Falcons are a lot more than one quarterback away from being. Now, if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, could I have gotten Lamar Jackson for three first round picks instead of Trey Lance? You know, and made that deal. Can you picture? Can you picture Lamar Jackson? Uh, you know, in in that in that offense right now instead of you know Trey Lance sitting on the bench. So yes, they were a, maybe a quarterback away. The Falcons aren't. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't think that I, I'm with you on this. I I think Lamar Jackson's a phenomenal talent, a phenomenal player. I just don't think he's necessarily the right fit for where the Falcons are right now. Nick. Okay. Well, I was going to say if you love him, you go get him. Um, quarterbacks don't fall from trees, and uh, if you have a chance, even if it's not the right window right now, you went for Deshaun Watson last year, and you were still a pretty far away team. Um, so if you love him, go get him. Yeah, Kaylin Price comes in. He says, good morning, guys. Good morning to you as well. And Brad D says, the young man from Iowa State may surprise that year. Uh, this year, who's the player from Iowa State? I know the there is a there's an edge and there's a wide receiver at the Senior Bowl. Um, which one of those is considered to be the higher prospect? The edge? Xavier Hutchinson. Yes, correct. Uh, he's really long wingspan, played a 3-5 three, three, defensive end, and he might test pretty well also. I could see him doing well enough at the combine where we're talking about him at the very end of the first round, uh, given the positional value and everything he plays. Philip Hogginson says, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning to Dr. Van Nostrand as well. Mark Schrader joining us on Facebook. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. Appreciate you coming in. And Dominic's kind of saying what we're all thinking here right now is, Nick, bro, you need a better internet provider. Um, if not a router, I, I have actually three separate routers in my house. Four, if you include the one that's provided from Xfinity. I don't connect anything to Xfinity except my own routers. Hmm. So um, I do actually run three uh, three separate routers in my house. Um, but, you know. Might get an extender. That's <laughs> yeah. something to look into. <laughs> uh, Joe Cannon talking about some of the players that could do uh, could, could really help themselves. B.J. Ojolari. Wide receiver Parker Washington and cornerback Jalen Jones. Um, what wide receivers are you looking forward to watching? I know that when we're talking about athletic freaks, the TCU kid is someone who has piqued your interest in the past. Yeah, I really like uh, Quentin Johnson as a height, weight, speed option out there. You can do in the screen game. He's not very nuanced as a wide receiver right now in terms of the route running, uh, but just such a dynamic athlete with the length and the ability to high point the football as well. Somebody who I think should go middle to end of the first round, uh, Jordan Addison much smaller, but a much more nuanced wide receiver uh, in this upcoming draft. He's a fun one. Zay flowers uh, apparently is bulked up to about 185. Uh, I could see him with his speed, uh, even though he only plays a slot. So many teams are pretty much only plays a slot. So many teams play 11 personnel that that's okay. Uh, and then I mentioned him earlier. I'm, I'm a big fan of Cedric Tillman, uh, in this upcoming class. He played with an injury this last year, but I think he is a height, weight, speed, uh, monster out there. That could be a really good day two pick for whatever team gets him. So again, if the, if one of those guys piques the Falcons interest, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up getting linked to another guy they could use. I mean, you're, you've spent top 10 picks on pass catchers, but you're still one short. Um, again, I think everybody for the most part, wants the Falcons, most Falcons fans want defense, 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 but if the right defensive guy isn't there, but I think they will be at eight, Nick, even if it's another corner, there should be a corner. There should be one of those edge guys. 
Uh, it's got to be corner edge, I th- I think. Unless Caleb McGarry is gone by then, then you have to seriously think about replacing a right tackle. You don't want the strength of your team, which turned out to be the offensive line, to become a liability because then you're you're going backwards instead of forwards. Helping us go forwards is Mark Schrader coming with some stars. Thank you, sir. Just a reminder, if you appreciate the effort, you can uh, donate uh, Super Chats on YouTube or stars on Facebook. We're set up for both. So thank you very much. And Brad D says, are the Falcons uh, still linked with Anthony Richardson? And I'm going to couple that with the comment here from Dr. Van Nostrand that Richardson has Tebow 2.0 written all over him. Perfect for McVisor and the Raiders. Um, I think they're, they're different types of athletes, obviously. Um, Tim Tebow is one of the strongest players, you know, pound for pound. He was a, he was a f- quick fullback type Anthony Richardson's a a little leaner um a little more fluid and frankly from a throwing perspective Anthony Richardson has an NFL arm and release Tim Tebow didn't you know for all the talk he's reworking his release blah 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 that's nonsense by the time you're at this stage of your career you've thrown the ball a hundred thousand times your release is what it is he had a big loop in his release. He was always going to have a big loop in his release. He had a strong arm. Tim Tim Tebow had enough velocity to play in the NFL, but his arm action and motion was too slow to get rid of the ball. And a tenth of a second is th- is three feet. It's a full yard out in the in the uh, in the NFL, forty yards downfield. That's all it takes for a defensive back to close. Anthony Richardson doesn't necessarily have the accuracy yet, but I think he is a better quarterback prospect than Tim Tebow ever was for the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. And there's some really good things from him. I mean, just again, Cam Newton's going to be the comparison that flies. He's a freaky player. It's going to come down to the intelligence and work ethic. And I've heard that uh, he's a smart kid as well. Uh, Question is, does he have that dog in him? I I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But somebody's going to take a chance on him and he's going to go in the top 10 and it could be the Atlanta Falcons uh, really could. I mean, you talk about a player that uh, could be awesome in that scheme with the ability to run and the power element as well. The running game. I mean, a lot of fun. Uh, we just saw how successful Jalen hurts was this last year. It might take a couple years to get there, but it's the, it's the upside uh, that you're going for there. And if there's a position to swing for upside, it's quarterback. Yeah. And, and again, if you're stacking quarterbacks and he never beats out Desmond Ritter, Okay, did you did you waste that pick at eight? In theory, you could say that. But if I got the equivalent of a top ten pick, play a quarterback out of Desmond Ritter, great. That means you're set at quarterback. Um, you know, it's it could be insurance uh, of some some part. Um, you know, I, I if they feel good about Ritter, I'd, I'd want the Falcons to go in a different direction. Hmm. But if they're not sure about Ritter, then Richardson could be a very intriguing prospect in an Arthur Smith type of offense, uh, the way they run the ball, uh, run and throw, run to set up the throw, et cetera, et cetera. Candler Price comes and he says, how about a quarterback at eight? Weatherspoon from Illinois, possibly Ringo from Georgia. Uh, I'm all about a cornerback at number eight, if that's the right guy. I prefer pass rush before cornerback, but if the pass rush isn't there, you can absolutely go cornerback. Um, we were... We were we talked a lot about that last year at eight spot, but Stingley and uh, Sauce Gardner came off the board before eight, 
So the two that you would have taken in that spot were gone. Um, I would have gone Kyle, um, Kyle Hamilton at eight, not necessarily a position of need, but a safety and a game changer ended up being the number one ranked wider uh, safety in the, in the NFL by PFF local kid, Atlanta. I would just thought face of your defense and all of the other things that go with it. Drake London's a good player. Um, mm-hmm. That was a, that was a good pick. You keep stacking good players. You'll be okay. But yes, cornerback opposite AJ Terrell is absolutely a need. And if the right defensive line guy isn't there, cornerback for me is your second most valuable pick uh, for for the Atlanta Falcons at eight. Yeah, Witherspoon is up there. I don't know about uh, Ringo that high. Uh, just he's pretty stiff, I guess is the way to put it out there at Georgia. I mean, he's a freak athlete, but it just doesn't play. I mean, it's kind of a Taylor Mays syndrome out there where it's like, okay, you have a guy who's a height, weight, speed, he's going to test great, but he just is not a fluid mover in space. Taylor Mays uh, had no instincts. Yeah. Just, just none. He he just, he was a, he was a combine tester, but he was not a, he was not a football player. And I've mm-hmm. actually, I can dig up the video. I'm on record on NFL network saying that I was out in California at the time. I'm like, listen, if I had, if I could take Taylor Mays, cause Taylor Mays was 230 pounds. I'd make it an edge rusher. <laughs> I'd, I'd make him a third down pass rush specialist yep. and uh and make him go that way now Candler, i want to get your thoughts on these two guys possibly at eight how about joey porter and uh christian gonzalez could they be could they be uh along with weatherspoon someone that, that is considered at eight absolutely on gonzalez i think it's a little early on joey porter uh personally so gonzalez is my number one uh, i don't think he's as feisty as weatherspoon but you got the ball production and you got the size and length that you didn't see as much from weatherspoon this last year so those are my top two if you wanted to scream weatherspoon number one over gonzalez i would not fight you um they're they're neck and neck for me in this class and then uh let's see victor coming in says good morning guys brazilian falcons good to see you victor feels like it's been a little bit so welcome back in um jamal coming in says good morning nick and scott in the chat rise up falcons fan coming in here for sure and um, we talked about this a little bit. One of the very first mock drafts we we did was Chris coming in saying Ringo is better at safety. When the Eagles were there at the 10 spot, we talked about them possibly being, could they take Ringo? And you said, no, the, the kid from Alabama is actually that guy right now. Um, would that be, would that be the right spot? And, and Candler says uh, he likes, he likes not so high on Gonzalez, but is, is higher on Joey Porter from Penn State. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, the first week, uh, Penn State versus Purdue kind of scared me from Porter. You get about three seconds in the play, and he gets super handsy and grabby, and I think there's going to be a lot of penalties early on from him. Um, I also don't think he's an elite, uh, not as smooth or twitchy of an athlete as Gonzalez. And there goes Scott with a cough. So hopefully you're doing well. And we're going to get into the uh, first round here. Some other guys um, just to be excited about. I'm curious to see if uh, Broderick Jones, uh, offensive lineman from Georgia tests as well as people have been talking about. Uh, they keep saying like Broderick Jones is not as polished as Peter Skaronsky or Paris Johnson Jr., but he's going to test like a freak. Maybe athleticism is a little bit overrated uh, compared to the technique and the body type for the tackle position. But if you can have a guy who's springy and explosive, that that plays on the offensive line uh, most of the time. Uh, you can't. Who is the guy from Auburn about a decade ago that went number two overall and was just horrible bust? Greg Robinson. Mm-hmm. Greg Robinson. So like you can, you got to have the technique still, Uh, but he's one. I'm really excited to see how he plays out. And then after that, it's the tight ends. 
Um, I'm curious to see the testing numbers on this tight ends because there are so many great tight ends in this class and the testing numbers could really help sort some of these guys. Uh, Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta, uh, Dalton Kincaid, uh, Tucker Craft. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody as well, but this is an awesome tight end class. And just to get the data um, from this tight end group is going to be really fun to help, you know, settle some of those close, uh, close battles. Right. Cause if you're not sure you're going to, you're going to take a look at the combine results and say, okay, I like both of these guys. This guy's an inch taller. I'm going to take him. You know, mm-hmm. it, it ends up, this guy was a five tenths of a second quicker, not five tenths, five one hundredths a second quicker in the Elkhorn. Uh, it might, it might go that direction. Um, good question here from Joe is Brian Brisset and Miles Murphy sliding down draft boards. Brisset seems to be Murphy doesn't seem to be. I've seen some other guys move up a little bit more. Um, Tyree Wilson and, and Lucas Van Ness, their, their stock is, is rising. I don't know that that's pushing. That means that miles people think anything less of miles Murphy, but Brian Brisset has gone from a top 10 to mid, mid first, bottom first out of first. So he seems to be coming down. Yeah, he struggled a bit this season. Now, granted, he had a tragedy in his family. Um, His younger sister died of uh, brain cancer uh, before the season started. So that's, you know, hard to really fault him if that that was impacting him in any way. And thinking about him and his family uh, saying that. But uh, yeah, he's falling down a little bit. Also, he's... I thought his best tape this year was lined up almost as like a heavy edge, like a three, four defensive end type. So maybe he's not really a, a banger on the inside at, you know, the three technique, one technique position as well. But uh, yeah, it seems to be falling Murphy. I think a lot of the Murphy's talk will, Murphy talk will come back this week when he tests. Well, I think he's going to be a, a high, high level tester for his body type. And uh, Candler says if Darnell Washington is any other D one school, he's the number one tight in the draft. He's a freak with great hands. Uh, might be a little injury prone, but wow, what an athlete. Yeah, the size and speed combination. I want to see the the production a little bit, so that might push him down some. You're, you know, you're talking about Bowers. PFF did a an exercise that's still on their uh, like local news or something that says um, if every draft prospect was eligible, and frankly they should be, um, what would the draft look like? And I think Bowers went like 14th or 13th, he was in the, in the early teens at the latest Brock Bowers tight end. So he would be a, a top guy. Um, Darnell Washington is going to be very, very intriguing for sure. Coming out. I want to come back up to, um, to Victor here. Victor says, which uh, day two or three DLs and cornerbacks are the ones to watch and drills at the combine. Now I'm not sure where these guys are ranked right now, uh, but a couple of corners that I really liked at the senior bowl, Julius Brents out of Kansas state and Darius rush out of South Carolina. And then I also really liked, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's KYU, Blue Kelly out of Stanford, who was uh, 6'1", 193. He's number 17. The kid from Stanford was really good. I would keep an eye on those guys for sure. Uh, Riley Moss, Iowa, uh, cornerback. Keep an eye on him as well. So just a couple. And then there were a bunch of defensive linemen. There are a ton of them. Uh, I don't want to take up too much time right now. Just, just want to hand it over. <laughs> Uh, a couple more cornerbacks that are probably a little bit higher rated. Uh, and you're talking day two. I'm talking early round two types. Maybe they end up sneaking in the back of the first round. Uh, but uh, Banks from Maryland might end up being the best press cornerback in this class. Uh, I know that there's some people who think he's right up there with Joey Porter in that type of mold uh, this class. So Deontay Banks. And then you also have uh, Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, who is uh, very well thought of, could be a mid-second round pick. Defensive line. 
guy that I love in this class. He's much more of a nose tackle one technique, but Keanu Benton uh, from Wisconsin. Uh, I think he's his ability to play leverage and play the run while pressing gaps and being a pass rusher is awesome. A uh, really great player. If you want looking for a pure pass rusher, I'm curious to see where this guy goes. Cause he's such a weird body type at like six, one but Kalijah Kansi from uh, Pittsburgh. If you're looking for a pure one gapping penetrating kind of guy, then he might be the best in this class. And then I'm really curious where a guy like Gervon Dexter uh, goes in this class. I mean, he's body beautiful, but his tape is wildly inaccurate. If you put together his best 10 plays, you'd be like, that's a top 15 pick. Um, but it's just, it's a roller coaster with him there at Florida. Keep an eye on Ade Ade out of uh, Northwestern, who is mm-hmm. kind of in that tweener stage at six, one and a half, two eighty five. huge arm length can really play, uh, on the defensive line. Let me see a couple other defensive line. I liked, uh, I, I really like Jalen Redmond out of Oklahoma. He was mm-hmm. another kind of in between guy, six, two and a half, two ninety three. Uh, Cameron Young, 6'3 and a half, 304 out of Mississippi State. There, there's a bunch of these guys to really that, that that were good football players at the at the senior bowl that I'll be interested to see then. I like how they played. They're not they're not size monsters. They're you know right on the cusp, but so is Boogie Basham, was a guy like that out of Wake Forest and has been really good the first two years for the Buffalo Bills. That's kind of how I see um kind of see Ade Ade. Uh, D'Angelo Jones coming in on Facebook. He says the Falcons don't get offensive linemen, a defensive lineman, a pass rusher. Is it safe to say that Arthur Smith isn't a good coach and is on the hot seat right now and they should have kept Dan Quinn? I think you're, D'Angelo, I think you're going to be pretty safe with that. They've got a bunch of draft picks and a bunch of money. They're going to come out of, with a couple of edges. They're going to come with a couple of defensive linemen. They're going to get a couple of offensive linemen, a couple of defensive backs. And I think they're going to spend some money on another wide receiver. So there is, I think Terry Fontenot at the combine this week said, if you've got a lot of cap space, it means you've got a lot of work to do because you've, you've got a lot of holes to fill and the Falcons do, and they've got, they don't want to overspend, but they, instead of shopping on the Tennessee Titans and Chicago bears waiver wire to give people veteran minimum contracts so they can fill out a roster they can go and, and and shop in the the premium section now and get five million dollar guys instead of one million dollar guys. So should be should be a very different and more exciting offseason for Atlanta Falcons fans. But there's going to be a lot of new players coming. And speaking of new players, we're right at the 30 minute mark. Nick, um I'm ready to do some mock draft. How about you? Let's do it. I do see we have a comment here from uh, Chris Walker asking about Mikai Garner from LSU, who uh, transferred from Louisiana Lafayette. Big, uh, big player. I think he's like 6'2", 215 at the cornerback position. I think he's a little bit, uh, because of his height and his mass, not the best in terms of quick area, uh, short area quickness, just because of, oh God, what's the physics term here? When you have a higher center of gravity, you know, it's just harder to change direction. Uh, but uh, if you're looking for somebody who can be like your number two cornerback play outside uh, and they provide good tackling on the outside. Then he's interesting uh, for me. I don't think he's, you know, got elite feet or he's elite with his uh, ball production or anything like that, or elite athleticism, but uh, interesting player to get probably, I would assume day three as an option for cornerback, but we'll see how he tests. Cornerback's one of those positions where testing really does matter. Yeah, it does. It's the most athletic NFL cornerbacks are, the most athletic people in the world for my money, you know, mm-hmm. those in like shooting guards or small forwards in the, in the, in basketball who are six, eight and can jump through the jump through the gym. But 
the when you break down quickness, all that type of stuff at the NFL combines, the fastest guys, the highest jumpers, they're always the the cornerbacks in the NFL combine. So let me share this screen. I think we're about ready to get started here. Let me see here. We can go here. I've selected everybody. We're going to do a first round. We're not going to spend as much time in the top 10 um, because uh, we've done that a lot. So we'll kind of blaze through this a little bit. And then real quick, Mark Schrader asked, what do you guys think of the wide receiver Mingo? I love him. Um, he is 6'2", 230 pounds. I don't know how fast he is. I looked up some some times from him from high school track, and he was you know a mid-11s, so he wasn't you know a sub-11 type 100. Fast enough. I'd like to see him run in the four sixes or better, and I'd be real interested in him because he's got just super sticky hands. And at 6'2", 230, I can find ways to get him the ball, and he's going to be a mismatch on guys in the defensive backfield. If I can get him a swing route and there's a corner on him, he's going to truck that guy. Uh, yeah. If I can get him a quick slant or any way that I can get him into the perimeter, I'm a big fan of Mingo, a big fan. We want to talk about how all these teams are using Cordero Patterson, how they're using Debo Samuel. Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss has that same body type and really good hands. I'm a big fan. And, and right now he's ranked like way down in the sixth or seventh. He's he's a guy for me. He absolutely is a guy for me. Thank you, Mark. Uh, you guys ready to get started? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Um, and I just don't want to jinx it, but uh, pretty crazy. About 20 minutes in, internet seems to kick in. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the computer. But uh, so we're, let's not be, jinx I, it. We'll, I'll, I'll send you a link. Maybe get you a, a router you can attach to Xfinity. I don't, I don't attach anything to the hardware they give me except my own hardware. Yeah. <laughs> that might Hard be part of it also. Yeah. Um, I think you guys can see that. Okay, let me see if I do one more Zoom. And it becomes, we'll, we'll start on the clock. We hit start draft. We know who's on the clock. We need to come out a little bit so we can see available positions. But the Chicago Bears are on the clock. Um, who are you going to go with? And, and we're going to do this one together. We're not going to alternate. Nick's farther ahead of, uh, than I am right now on the uh, on the prospects. So I will chip in. I'm the assistant general manager. Nick's, Nick's making the picks here. Um, are we going to do a trade? No trades. No, no trades. Trade. So... Um, we can talk that we would trade and you know, what would you do here? We trade this pick. And if you did trade this pick, who would you take? Uh, if I did trade the pick, it would depend on who I'm trading with. Uh, Cause like, let's say the Raiders want to come up to number one overall. It's, it's going to take three firsts and play probably even more for me to consider that at all. But if the difference between the price for number two and four is significantly. Right. I guess, uh, yeah, no matter who is there by on who yeah. they would take. So, um, we don't we the Bears, they're they're pretty solid with Justin Fields. I think Jalen Carter is the top prospect in the draft, other than maybe B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. I'd, yeah, go, let's go I'd go with him there. Fine with me. Okay. Um Houston Texans. Let's go, Bryce Young. Let's just yeah. go look at his split here. There'll be a conversation, but um we're trying to get through the whole draft. We want to do that. Uh Cardinals, I think this one will go with Will Anderson. I agree. And now things get interesting. Um Colts could go with any of the remaining quarterbacks, honest to God. I could see them falling in love with Anthony Richardson this week. Uh, they had apparently they loved Trey Lance in that uh, 2022 draft or 2021 draft class. So maybe Anthony Richardson's their guy because of the combination of body type and athleticism and arm talent. I, I yeah, don't know. I mean, if you're looking for someone to play a Jalen Hurts role in a Shane Steichen offense, don't you want the guys that are a little more mobile, which would be Will Levis and Anthony Richardson? Yeah. 
That makes sense. Um, I like CJ Stroud here as the most sure thing, but what are the Colts going to do? And I'll let you make this pick. I'm going to go with a Levis here. Top guy on the board. Um, just kind of mixing it up. Uh, if you guys in the comments are going to upset about that, uh, sorry, but uh, we're just kind of running through it here. Cause we got to get through 32 picks. Uh, now we got the Seahawks on the board. I think now is the time for them to go out quarterback as well. Uh, this is a team that I think they have a lot of good building blocks. Um, I would go CJ Stroud here. Okay. Well, CJ Stroud right there, they're passing up and, you know, we've talked about early on, do you run it? Do you run it back one more time and build the best team you can with Geno Smith? Or do you start kind of looking at the future thinking we might not be up here and have a chance to get this again. And as we know, it's expensive to get a quarterback that is a top five talent to trade up and get it. The Seahawks were a beneficiary of one of those expensive trades when they dealt Russell Wilson. So they take CJ Stroud, the, Lions are on the clock. Uh, they, they feel pretty good about golf long-term. I, they're looking at quarterback, but I think that with how the run has happened here, they'll go elsewhere. So where do you want to go? You want to, you want to try and get a, 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 an outside partner for Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah, I think let's go Tyree Wilson here. Um, getting a, a knee biter is whatever they talk about, you know, biting people's ankles. Um, so filling out that board quickly there. Um, now we're on to the Raiders. <clears throat> Raiders are probably pretty. Raiders can go with a number of things. Uh, I think we should go with Peter Skaronsky here for the Raiders. I think they're going to go with just really? super safe uh, position here. They, they need offensive line help horribly. Josh McDaniels lives in the offensive line, uh, offensive world. So uh, I think that I'm going to lean into uh, Peter Skaronsky here for the Raiders. If you feel you somebody else, then you think they're going to have their quarterback situation settled before the draft. I think they're going to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, so that, that we're making this pick under the assumption that the Raiders are done at quarterback before the draft even comes around. And you said Skoronsky, which is about as sure a thing as there is in this draft. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nice safe pick. Could he be a, a Chris Lindstrom type of pick? You know, you're like, oh, hum, and then wait, I've got one of the best players in the NFL. Zach Martin. At a, at a position that just isn't necessarily as exciting. Yeah. So that's my thought, at least. That leaves now us uh, with the Falcons at number eight. You've got Weatherspoon, uh, Quentin Johnson there, Gonzalez, Richardson, very intriguing, Lucas Van Ness, et cetera, et cetera, Brian Brisset. What do you think here? Miles Murphy, he's, he's slid down on, their, on PFS board some. Uh, for me, it's between Christian Gonzalez, Devon Witherspoon, uh, Lucas Van Ness, and... Uh, Miles Murphy. So any of those ones I'd be fine with. I'm going to probably lean my guy that I'm more comfortable with and Lucas Van Ness in this, but uh, I'm not the Falcons guy here. So I'll, I'll let you uh, take the wheel on this. But I think that, you know, with the draft combine coming up and some talk that Van Ness is going to do it, Daniel Jeremiah taking his shot with this pick a lot. Um, it's a guy that I love. Uh, so that's the one I'd pick. You, you get me a former hockey player that's 6'5 and 270 pounds, and he starts running in the four fives with strength and leverage on the edge. That's Lucas Van Ness. I'm real interested. So Falcons fans, I'm going to I'm gonna go for a high upside here uh, at edge, and I'm going to take Lucas Van Ness at number eight. Panthers on the clock now. I think this is an Anthony Richardson home run uh, pick for them. Uh, they don't have a lot of... Uh, Salary cap space, they need help at quarterback. They need investment at quarterback. Uh, Frank Reich's done a good job with quarterbacks uh, in his history. So Anthony Richardson here for me, staying in the top 10. I agree. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, 
there's not a lot of pressure to win right away. They don't have to throw them to the wolves. You can ease them in a little bit. And um, I think that is a, an outstanding pick for the Carolina Panthers with Anthony Richardson at number nine. Now we're on the clock. Eagles. With the Eagles, Eagles can do whatever they want to. They'll go cornerback or edge here. Um, you have the top two cornerbacks still available and you have uh, uh, Miles Murphy also still available. I think any of those spots for the Eagles make sense for me. I'd like Miles. I'd probably go Miles Murphy for them. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine um, with that. I, if, if, if the Falcons went Murphy and Lucas Van Ness was sitting there, I'd probably go Lucas Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness sounds like a Ravens pick to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do the Ravens end up getting this guy who ends up being an athletic freakish monster and a destroyer on defense? Those are the kind of guys the Ravens end up getting. So this time uh, we'll see if the, we're going to reach on their board for the Eagles to get uh, Miles Murphy. Titans uh, says wide receiver tackle edge for needs. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. here for me. They just released Taylor Luan. Their offensive line has been myriad of injuries and subpar. Uh, this is a team that needs to make that type of investment. That makes sense to me. And we've got the Texans on the board. They got their quarterback. Second tick. They've got a center here. And then it says DL. Or you've got arguably the top corner on the board, which is never a bad way to go. This is a this starts to get to be tough for me. Um, I think that gosh, I think that you just took the quarterback here. You need to help the quarterback. I'm gonna go with the best remaining offensive lineman here in Broderick Jones. Uh, he might be a little bit further down, but uh, this you need to just keep investing in this spot here uh, to help that young quarterback, the small quarterback, not get hit as much as possible. I was thinking the same thing and thinking you might be able to go wide receiver here too, you know, to help to help your quarterback. So one way or the other, we're on the same wavelength. Trenches, trenches, trenches. You go to the Jets. Jets says it needs quarterback tackle linebacker. Um, I think they're going to have their quarterback before uh, before the draft. <laughs> they may do something in free agency and trade or something like that. I think they, they might be done. Yeah, this gets hard for the Jets. Jets are probably punching their screens right now after the top three offensive tackles go off the board uh, before they're on the clock here at pick 13. So, uh, gosh, the Jets could go a number of directions here. They don't really need wide receiver or cornerback, but it's at the point in the draft right now where you probably should just take talent where you can get talent. So mm-hmm. I'm leaning Quentin Johnson. This is not a great situation uh, for them by any means. Uh, I'm also leaning Devon Witherspoon because if you compare That's Sauce Gardner. That's kind of what I was thinking, Nick. Yeah, I mean. Witherspoon, I mean, like, how, how I don't know their roster well enough to go, who's opposite Sauce? Is he better than, you know, another rookie corner? You know, but another cost-controlled first-round pick that could – be your your bookend corners going against Josh Allen twice a year and and you know all those weapons down in Miami yeah I think maybe let's go to Witherspoon he's just so talented and would be a fun player also the fact that they have the length height uh cornerback and sauce Gardner Witherspoon can be an inside outside guy uh Mm -hmm. for you which is a really nice compliment to Gardner New England Patriots uh, I'm leaning Quentin Johnson or Christian Gonzalez here. They were horrible at wide receiver last year. They're losing Jacoby Myers in free agency, probably. They're not a very good team historically in drafting wide receiver, but uh, they really, really need to make an investment there. Yeah, I agree. Um, Maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba might have been a better uh, scheme fit for them, but uh, is what it is. <laughs> and I, I think the Packers could go wide receiver here too. Um, or not. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of smoke around 
uh, Rodgers being moved this year, which could happen. And then you, you know, do you really want to, now we're going to start, you know, drafting first round wide receivers or do they want to get a, a different type of building block too? I think they go with uh, Christian Gonzalez uh, here. I know they've taken a cornerback a couple times here, but he's so talented. This has been a, a team that's built on uh, value positions here when they've drafted. They've taken edge rushers when they already have them. I know they have Jerry Alexander and they drafted Eric Stokes last year as well, but Packers, uh, I think this is just too good of a value here um, for this potential top 10 talent uh, falling to them. It's not the best for them, but the edge rushers went, the offensive linemen went. So what do you do? The commanders sitting there at number 16. Commanders very upset about this pick uh, that we just did with Christian Gonzalez. Uh, I think that maybe this is a Joey Porter Jr. spot for them. Uh, they are hoping probably for a wide receiver uh, cornerback there, but uh, with Gonzalez gone, Joey Porter might be the next best one. You have Deontay Banks right there with him, though, close nearby. But for now, we won't get too spicy, and I will go with Joey Porter there. Pittsburgh Steelers says needs tackle linebacker corner. Yeah, they need – Offensive line, defensive line, either of those spots. Oh man, how high was Andre Carter there? Goodness gracious, that's ridiculous. yeah. He's way up there, and I, I wouldn't. He's not going to get drafted in the first round while I'm sitting here. No, he's he might not get drafted day two. Um, but uh, scroll down a little bit more. I'm just curious to see. This is where the draft starts to get interesting for me. Yeah, mm, yeah. Well, okay, let's in. <laughs> they have a Fryermuth, who's a pretty interesting he's a good uh, player. Solid player for them. Uh, yeah, from Penn State, good player. So, okay, let's scroll back down. Obviously, the draft kind of falls off a, a little bit here in this area. Uh, they need defensive back help. They could use, I mean, you got Cansey right there at the Pittsburgh connection. I just don't know if he's as good of a scheme fit. They kind of want some like, you know, Steven Tewitt, Cam uh, Hayward, some guys who are length monsters there. So, best guy on this board here uh, for me would be Brian Branch. Uh, he's more of a nickel in like them. I know he's, the, you know, the defensive back history with uh with the pittsburgh steelers and if you yeah. get you know if he's the best player there so be it right yeah and i'm looking right now to see who their nickelback is cam sutton they might have signed him to a contract pretty recently but you know terrell edmonds i think is going to be coming up here on a free agent uh be a free agent here pretty soon so uh yeah let's let's just go with the best player here uh brian branch Detroit can go a little bit of everywhere again. Nice having first round picks. We went when we went with them earlier. We went edge, didn't we? Mm-hmm. That, that's where uh, Wilson went. Can you get uh, you know? Do you, do you stack start stacking defensive linemen, or do you need a, a wide receiver here? This is where I start to consider uh, Bijan Robinson as well. A team that with that offensive line getting Bijan Robinson in there to maximize the next four seasons would be quite intriguing uh, the fact that pff even has him on their board in the first round goes to speak of how talented Bijan is i don't think i'm quite there yet uh but definitely one that i just want to start tossing out there at least uh for them so detroit okay, let me pull up detroit's roster here real quick um hopefully that doesn't crash my um <laughs> just uh, doesn't crash my browser but uh i'm also looking at cancy uh, just for a team that can get after the quarterback we already took tyree wilson or they took uh uh, what's his face? Last year? They drafted Le- Levi Wuzurike. Hudson, Hudson last year too. Yeah. And I think they had James Houston. So they were pretty good on the pass rush. Yeah. You know what? I'm leaning here. Uh, this is a team that could use cornerback help. Let's go banks. Um, I don't know how, how early if this is too early for banks, but a coup does not live up to number three overall. Their other cornerback out there is uh, Jerry Jacobs, college free agent. Uh, 
they just don't really have great investments at that position. So hey, taking an edge in a cornerback, pretty much always good business in the first round. And we're a little more than halfway through when we've only taken about 15 minutes. So we're, we're, we're doing good here as we're, we're running through this thing. Um, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay in a full rebuild yet? Or, you know, what, what, are, what are their thoughts? It just feels like, feels like that they, they went all in, they won. Now they've got to hit the reset button to me. They do need to hit the reset button. I mean, they're starting Kyle Trask for God's sake. Uh, so that sounds like a team that's in rebuild. I think this is a Kalijah Cansey spot for me. Todd Bowles, you know, pin your ears back, blitz, get single gaps for those guys. Uh, Kalijah Cansey would be great in that type of defense. Well, you stay fairly close to home and get Brisset in that spot too. Um, Seattle Seahawks says they need trench help. Brisset might be pretty good right there then. Yeah, they do need trench help. Uh, Without a doubt, I mean, this is a team that could use a edge as well. We just went corner uh, cornerback, so uh, let's see who the top. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit um, just to see who's available here. Still pretty early for them. Man, we could call our shot and say, uh, let's let's call our shot. I'm going to go BJ Ojolari. I think he's ranked 36 here, but I think he's going to test pretty well this week. He's kind of a finesse rusher but this is where the, the i think he's a would be my next one on the board there with nolan smith's injury all right and, and uh you're going guard there i uh you know osiris Torrance is good but that's a little high for me yeah i think uh, they need a center there's some good centers in this class i'd try and get one in the second round um they have the broncos edge. second round pick as well yeah edge um chargers here now they're losing keenan allen you stay yeah. home and go Jordan Addison here, wide receiver. Yep, let's go Jordan Addison. I think that's okay. it'll be interesting conversation between him and Jackson Smith and Jigba. But uh, and we might be way too low on these wide receivers, given how bad the uh, the wide receiver free agency group is. Some of these guys could be snatched up earlier than this. We'll have to remember that the next time we run run one of these full mocks, uh, that if it's even close, probably take the wide receiver. Um, but uh, Addison here for me. Ravens. All right, who's the guy <laughs> that tests like a freak that everybody has passed on at this point? Yeah, good question. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit. I'm right now. I'm leaning uh, wide receiver for them here. Bijan Robinson would be another interesting one for them. Uh, Will McDonald would be fun for them. Antonio Johnson's an interesting player. Just keep scrolling down. I'm just curious, like where the cutoff is for some of these guys. There's Dewan Jones. There's Ad, there's Adi Adi at 45 for you. It's a little too yeah. high. I'm a big fan oh, yeah. of him though, but uh, you know, not necessarily first round. There's Jamar Gibbs. Gibbs would be awesome for them in the spot. They'll get Keon, Keon White. White in the second. <laughs> yeah. They'll probably end up going in the back end of the first round to somebody. Um, but uh, yeah, where I'm at right now, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the pick. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking him or, or Brisset. You know, Brisset's got, I think, a, a lot of upside. Didn't necessarily yeah. live up to it. And they, the Baltimore Ravens, do as good a job of anyone of getting the best out of people's upside. Mm-hmm. And now we're on the clock with the Vikings. I know this team had a horrible defense last year. Their top positions here needed our defense, but this is a team that also needs a wide receiver, uh, in my opinion. They have Justin Jefferson, but after that, Adam Thielen is a shell of his former self. And I think getting somebody like Zay Flowers on this team could create a totally different uh, environment and option for them. I mean, you want to help Justin Jefferson get somebody out there like Zay Flowers who can take some pressure off of him on that offense. Uh, so I, I think Zay Flowers would be a great pick for them here and a totally different kind of player than Justin Jefferson as well. Jacksonville staying in close to Gainesville, going to Cyrus Torrance, get your guard here. Does that make sense? If it says that's their number one need. 
keep building that offense, keep protecting that quarterback, yeah, build on the running game starts. in that offense, like especially as much money as they've spent, you know, on on the other side of the ball. The number one yeah, lineman still Anton Harrison, no. Cyrus Torrance there makes sense. They have to tackles. Me. They need. Yeah. Yep. Let's go, Cyrus Torrance. That's very much a uh, Doug Peterson type of selection as well. Cowboys at twenty, or actually, they're, they're next. Uh, the Giants on the clock. Wide receiver Giants tight end. About... We see a tight end go here. Yeah, Giants are probably punching their screens as well uh, after the run on wide receivers we just saw. Oh, we're only five picks away, and there's three wide receivers. We're definitely going to get one. Oh, run of three in a row. <laughs> Sorry, Giants. Um, I think this is a good spot for Michael Mayer, uh, the first tight end off the board. Uh, get a solid, safe option for them. So uh, Michael Mayer coming off the board here. Yeah, I like that pick too. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, wide receiver DLLB is what PFS says their biggest needs are. Jerry Jones isn't going to be able to help himself. Bijan Robinson. Uh, Tony Pollard's a free agent coming off injury. It sounds like uh, it sounds like Zeke Elliott might be a cap casualty as well. Uh, they're going to need a running back. Uh, Bijan staying home. I mean, this is just this is narrative writing here. It so just I'm makes like, sense, doesn't it? I like how you put that. Jerry Jones won't be able to help himself, and it does. It just it makes sense. And there, you know, it's interesting. The fifth year option for in that spot wouldn't be nearly as bad as if he's up higher. It's interesting because the, the the fifth year option on a first rounder is higher than the, the the franchise tag on on the running backs, depending on where they're taken in the first round. Um, so yeah, you get five years out of Bijan Robinson, you're gonna be pretty happy with the twenty seventh pick. I like it. Bills, Bills on the board here. They could go a number of directions. Maybe this is a Brian Brissy uh, selection here for them. Maybe they supersize that. Uh, that room, that tight end room with Dalton Kincaid or a uh, man, I, I don't even know where he's out on the board here, but maybe this is a Darnell Washington spot. Is that too much of a luxury uh, for this I, team? I think it is, you know, if especially if it says you need interior aligned, you know, do you reach here for would it be considered a reach? I mean, if Cole Strange can go in this spot last year, John Michael Schmitz is a better prospect than Cole Strange was in this spot. If I need a center, I've got a day one plug and play starter for the Buffalo bills at, at center. If I have John Michael Schmitz. Yeah, you're right. They also probably need safety. Micah Hyde's been dealing with injuries. Uh, I think Jordan Poyer is going to be a free agent. Antonio Johnson is a really interesting, a uh, really interesting player. Um, he has incredible wingspan can play safety and the slot as well. I think was a really highly rated player coming in. So I, if you want to go John Michael Schmitz here, I'd be okay with it. Uh, I, but I, uh, I like that pick for them. Okay. Um, He's rated higher. Luke Weipler's Whippler is a little Weipler. higher, but I know this guy better, John Michael Schmitz, and would feel mm -hmm. really comfortable with that pick, despite the fact that he's ranked 52. Yep. I mean, okay. I know I know we talk all the time. You don't want to reach for a need. He's not a reach. He's yeah. he's really good. The only reason he's down, I would have him down lower, is positional value. Well, he could be your on your team a huge value because he could be such an upgrade. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan, uh, Bengals, Anton Harrison going tackle here. Yep. I have friends who are Bengals fans and they would probably f find me and hunt me down if I did not take uh, Anton Harrison there at that. Uh, pick, so TL, come on. We got to take Brian Brisset here. Nope, 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 nope. I'm going to go key on white. They love those size freaks out there. Uh, they're losing uh, Marcus Davenport. I think that this is, uh, this, I don't even know. I don't care if he's 53. He's yep. going to test like a freak and somebody's going to take him. Yeah. Keon White, 6'5", 270 pounds, and he's a 
baby. I mean, like, I mean, he's, he's like, we talk about, you know, the christening. He's, he's just beginning to figure out how to play this game. Uh, long-term upside could be really, really good. A uh, huge upside here with Keon White. And I agree with you. I think he definitely has a chance to sneak into, like I said, I, he's a, I can't give a player any more of a compliment than saying this is a guy the Baltimore Ravens end up getting. Um, and then they get the most upside out of these guys. They don't necessarily have them right away, but three years down the line, you're like, how did they get this guy? Cause everybody else passed on him and they take these, these guys that are monsters. Philly on the clock. I'm thinking their entire defensive lines, free agents. Brise is going to come off with either this pick or the next pick. So I, I just want to see who else is available here for uh, fit wise for this Philly team. Uh, we already took uh, see Luke Musgrave is interesting. Only one tight end so far. Yeah, th- I think this is a good spot for Brian Brise. Um, I could see a cornerback here. We talked about Tyreek Stevenson earlier, but uh, didn't work out. And for this one, I'm going to go with the Chiefs going Nolan Smith, uh, edge rusher. You can never have enough pass rushers. He's a totally different body type than uh, George Karloftis and. Uh, really talented player uh, as a pass rusher. And we'll, we'll save this and I'll post it on my Twitter account. So make sure you're following us at scout Kennedy. Uh, and I'll have Nick tagged in there too. So you can follow him as well. Um, no trades, obviously. Uh, if the bears said, okay, we're not, we don't get the deal. We like, we're going to make sure we're going to stick. We're going to get Jalen Carter. You're still going to be pretty happy. Um, yeah. But yeah, we didn't do any trades that, that will change things for sure. Uh couple surprises in there maybe you know Keon White if based on the board from PFF but there's guys that we think that can move up uh in this for sure but uh let us know what you think in the comments and we'll we'll sit there and and we'll answer them. but we're gonna we're gonna hit the chat here real quick before we get out of here uh Bruce McGinnis welcome in appreciate you being here he says we're in the draft do you think JL Skinner will go 6'4 220 pound safety from Boise State he uh suffered a torn peck uh, recently covered for the NFL draft. So I don't even know what that does for him. Uh, this draft cycle, uh, it's really recent torn peck. So he's not gonna be able to test or lift or anything. So I think he's going to fall to day three. Honestly, um, he was there at the combine or excuse me, the, uh, senior bowl, I believe. And he didn't really, you see the, like the length and whatnot, but he's all like legs. It's kind of, he's a weird, uh, body type, uh, out there. He's a solid hitter, but, uh, I think he's probably going to end up falling, uh, to day three after that torn pack because we're not going to get the uh, testing data for him. A couple of shout outs for Cody uh, Malk from South Dakota State. Big fan of this guy. Um, he's got some personality to him too. Big toothless. Looks like a former hockey player. Smile and those those long red locks. Uh, Brad D says anything you could sneak into day one. Yeah, he's he was really good on the interior line. Actually played some center too. Mm-hmm. So versatile. Where do you want to put him? So good shouts on those guys. Uh, Zach Powers said uh, he wanted he wanted one of the DBs at number eight. We went with uh, we want the high upside 6'5", 270 pound. Let's see what he runs this week. Yeah. Be very interested to do. Uh, Chris Walker saying fun mock, good job. Be interesting to see what happens on actual draft day. Yes, it will be. There will be lots of changes, and we'll do these moving forward. We are right at an hour, uh, so want to say thank you for for coming in and and uh, joining us. And nobody left, but it seemed like everybody was listening. So there weren't as much conversation. So I guess that's a good thing. So come in with the comments after the fact and make sure we are here every Wednesday at 9 a.m. We'll be back here on Monday. In the description, I put Nick and I's podcast schedule because we're kind of bouncing around all over the place. So check us out in the descriptions and um, keep up with us. 
And Nick, any any final words as we start getting into the testing for uh, the NFL Combine here? Don't let the testing numbers outrank the tape. Tape matters far and away, number one. And if you see a lot of guys slipping or falling, even though the testing didn't happen, it's because something came out uh, in the interview process or was confirmed in the interview process. If there's any dramatic changes in player stocks. Uh, so always a fun week. Some guys are going to make million dollar this week. It's not the top guys that we already know, but more so some of the mid round guys like, Oh my God, this guy tests comes out and absolutely tests like a freak, uh, but going to be a lot of fun. I'm a little bit envious. It looks like it's good weather in Indy this week for once as well. Mm-hmm. So lucky those guys. And also the media, I guess gets to go watch the drills. Now it used to be when I was there, they'd put us in this, unbelievably large windowless conference room. Uh, and we'd go in there, we do the interviews and in another giant conference room. And then have to go back to our little rose tables and go in and write our articles and make phone calls and stuff. And I'm like, wait a second, this is just a interview. Con- I mean, they literally fly the media out there to interview the coaches and GMs. And then both sets fly back to home base, wherever that is like, <laughs> what a weird song and dance that the, uh, the combine, pageantry is outside of the testing but uh, yeah it gonna used be to be very very closed until they realized they could make a bunch of money by opening it up so yeah there's interest in this thing so um i've always been a fan of the combine and the testing and the numbers um use it to you know trust but verify you know there's some guys mm-hmm. i saw that i liked on you know watching them in person i want to see now do their physical traits translate to the next level there's certain baselines you want to have i call it the enough factor uh, and it, it, it kind of, the, the better you test, the less productive you have to be. There's kind of a line graph there. And, uh, the more productive you are, the less you have to test the best guys are the ones that test well and are productive. Those are the yep. ones that go in the first round. So we will be back again on Wednesday and we'll have post combine reactions and we'll do another mock draft next week after the combine to see who has moved up and who has moved down. Appreciate you being with us. Check us out tomorrow on mile high huddle on Broncos for breakfast, where we're going to talk some more draft. It won't just be Broncos. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time. Peace.